the blast from our past network. Codrod? Codrod! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! No good for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to back to back because we love Seinfeld. You love Seinfeld. It's the greatest sitcom ever. Uh, we are talking today, season six, episode 10, The Race. It first aired December 15th, 1994. Corey, my man, could you please give us that synopsis? Abso-freaking-lutely. The Race. <laughs> the most Superman episode we have so far. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> and it says right here, it goes, Superman, superfan, Jerry finally dates a woman named Lois whose boss turns out to be his high school nemesis. Elaine dates a communist, and George hopes to as well. Kramer works as a department store Santa with Mickey as his health, and Jerry races Duncan Mayer once more to settle their teenage score. Uh, Do I even need to break anything down? That was a long-ass synopsis. It said everything. I know, I know, and it's funny because just a few episodes ago with the soup, it was just like one sentence. Kenny Banya offers yeah. Jerry an Armani suit in exchange for a meal, but insists that soup doesn't count. That's literally the only thing for episode yeah. uh, that episode, and now in the last three, we've had like Jesus. these giant diatribes. Yeah, all right. Well, I'd still like to break it down scene by scene, and per usual, we start off with a stand-up, this one on Christmas trees. The Christmas tree certainly seems to inspire a love-hate relationship. All that time is spent selecting it and decorating it, and then a week after it's just thrown somewhere, you see it by the side of the road, it looks like a mob hit. A car slows down, a door opens up, and, and this tree just rolls out. People snap out of that Christmas spirit like it was a drunken stupor. They wake up one morning and go, oh my god, there's a tree inside the house, just throw it away. I... That one I actually liked. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Are you a uh, real tree man or are you a fake tree man or you are no tree man? No, no. We, uh, we I did fake trees in L.A., but um, I grew up with real trees. I grew up going to, like, uh, you go cut them down and everything, and then we started doing that in Oregon here, Myra. So, the, actually, the last two Christmases were the first time that Myra, my wife, ever had a live Christmas tree. Oh, did you, what, what were her thoughts? Oh, she loves it. She, thought, she loves it. Things are great. Nice. Yeah. yeah. What What about you, buddy? I grew up with real trees. Um, mostly, we would just go, you know, go to a tree place and and you know Cut buy one and bring it home. Um, and then when I moved to L.A., I was or I was a small Christmas tree guy in Denver. Yeah. We became small Christmas tree person, whereas a small fake one. And that's all we've used because we've still only been in apartments. But because we're going to be moving to a house, maybe we will get a legit tree because uh, we'll have the space for it. So <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Are you going to go full Griswold and have, like, a giant ash tree with a squirrel in it? God, no. <laughs> Fuck no. Um, also, I think those movies are overrated. I'm sorry. 
I, you know what? As it was coming out of my mouth, because I also listened to the blast from our past. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. I seem to recall hearing Adam does not like the. Uh, was it was it the airplane episode that I think you mentioned that on when you were talking to Maybe. John? I think both John. I think both me and John are just like we're not we're not hyped up on the vacation series. On the vacations, it's okay. just never done. And it's, maybe it's because we grew up together and that wasn't a family yeah. funny sh- movie for us. So like. Other people, like, do that. Like, you know, the dads love showing their kids, I've got this dumb movie I'm going to show you one day, son. Um, but, like, we didn't have that. Like, our dad didn't give a shit about that. It's it's funny between doing this show with you, Podcast After Dark with Zach, listening to, you know, your show with, with John. Everything's about nostalgia. And what you realize is your parents really were a contributing factor. Like, oh, yeah. if they don't like something, you pro- like kids probably aren't exposed to it as a kid. So, like, yeah. really, we just tend to like what our parents showed us, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's why one day I want to force my yeah. love of a lot of my movies yes. onto a kid one day. Yes, that's, my, like, my goal. I want my kid to love Aliens the way I love it. Star exactly. Wars. Yeah. Freaking, you know, uh, The Burbs. I can't wait to show, like, yeah. my nephew The Burbs, dude. I love that shit, dude. Yeah. So, yep, I'm with you. I, I know what you mean, buddy. I know what you mean. And, and I get it. If Chevy Chase, if that wasn't your thing in the household, mm-hmm. then, yeah, you have no nostalgic love for it. Yeah. Uh, I, that's on the other hand, freaking love Chevy Chase, specifically, you know, coked out Chevy Chase in the 80s. <laughs> Is there a non coked out chevy chase yeah the unfunny chevy chase oh, okay. the, the, the chevy chase that was like mid 90s and on the gotcha. unfunny version <laughs> oh, all right uh cocaine let's, let's <laughs> it's a hell of a drug mm-hmm. <laughs> all right let's reel things back a little bit and let's talk seinfeld uh jerry is dating a woman named lois you heard that from Corey's synopsis but <laughs> yes obviously superman references here uh this is a superman reference episode and we will talk more about that uh, this woman, Lois, is played by Renee Props. Um, nothing really worth mentioning. She was on quite a few episodes of As the World Turns, but yeah. really nothing else. Yeah, get, get Shorty was the only thing I sort of noticed, yeah. like like something that I recognized her from. And I don't, now, I don't Duncan, think she had a big role in it, though, no. if I don't remember. Now, Duncan, I actually recognized from Shawshank. Yes, exactly. Uh, Don McManus, and that was tons of small parts. He's actually done quite a bit of work. But I, uh, similarly to you, this is our second episode in a row we are mentioning Shawshank. Um, He played the guard that Andy locked in the bathroom as he plays Mozart. Yeah. Love that. Yep. Yeah. So no, yeah, he's, he's I, great. And he was great on. He's on Justified. He's been on Parks mm-hmm. and Rec. This dude has a shit ton of references, and of course, every time I see him, I think of Seinfeld. I'm like, hey, yeah. it's it's Jerry's nemesis <laughs> that he beats in the race. Nice. So yes, uh, Duncan and Jerry know each other from high school. Uh, here, you can just kind of tell they have something between them. It's the race. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, Elaine is getting food and she ends up pissing off this Chinese delivery guy who ends up banning her uh, because they have a little scuffle or whatever. They just, you know, he doesn't like her tone or whatever the hell it is. Did, I, I, did we see him? We've seen him on a previous episode. I mean, I, I recognize uh, him, but he's I'm not so sure about that. Oh, okay. Or am I just always thinking about the hop sings, uh, th- this whole thing? I, I okay. think so, but we're going to check that. Um, Give me a minute. Yeah, <laughs> keep talking. Yeah, or something. yeah. No, I know it's 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 weird because it's like it's like we're trapped in some kind of mental time loop. You know what it is? We're trapped 
at the end of of Doctor Strange, where he basically locks Dormammu in this like in this loop type of thing, because mm-hmm. I can't remember if I'm just thinking about the same episode, but in the past, or if he if we actually saw him before. So this was the no. first time that Hop Sings Shit. pops up. Then okay, yep, okay. This is the only episode uh, with Hop Sings. This is his only episode playing this character. Well, so unlike uh, the previous episode, which I mentioned, I really didn't remember. You- you must be thinking of Ping. No, no, I'm gonna get him later down. Yeah, no, I know, I know Ping, and and this guy is a lot heavier than Ping. But well, yeah, un- unlike the previous, he's, a, he's also a lot more racist and stereotypical. <laughs> yeah. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> but this episode, I actually freaking remember, dude. Like this one, I was like excited to get to. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, all right, so yes, she ends up getting banned from Hop Sings. Um, also, uh, you know, George is at her place. They're just kind of hanging out or whatever uh he realizes that she's dating someone who's probably a communist because he's reading this paper called the daily worker okay so two things one easy uh response this is the first place it's the first time we've seen elaine's new place i think so because before it's always been that apartment with siobhan's with siobhan yeah, fallon yeah. that she was renting yeah. um even though when she was like by herself and and um and then at the know, end of season yeah. four, she got kicked out. And then yes. in this season, she had to find a new one. So now we're finally seeing it. By the way, nice-ass fucking place. Um, and then my second thing is I actually looked up The Daily Worker just to see if it was a real thing. And and keep in mind, guys, I, I did like a three-minute like look, so it's not extensive. But everything that I saw on the front page of Google said that it ceased publications in 1958. Oh, okay. Well, then, Interesting. Yeah, so I was like, okay, and so so I guess it was real, but if it did cease publications a while ago, then they are just taking, you know, and I don't think it's a problem. It's not like a problem type of thing. I don't have any problem with it. I just found it rather odd that, that everything that I could find out said it ceased publication in 1958, and yet they're bringing it out here. Yeah. Then again, maybe for all we know, back in 1994 when this was, for all we know, the the Daler worker could have actually popped back up and like somebody brought it back to press for like a year or something. I, I don't know. I think you're overthinking of it. Think uh, overthinking it because yeah. I didn't give much of a shit if this was a real newspaper or not. Um, because George kind of referenced that it was probably a communist paper. I kind of oh immediately just kind of made that connection, and I didn't need to know about it in in reality. So yeah, yeah, no, you're right. So. You're right. All right. That's right. Sit down, Corey. We're done talking. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, George also looks at the uh, communist newspaper, and he sees uh, personal ads. Huh. Interesting. Someone mm. he might be interested in who doesn't care about looks. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't matter. No. Uh, all right. Jerry comes over and then uh, and tells them about Duncan Meyer and the whole race in high school. Mentions uh, Mr. Bivalacqua, not Mr. Uh, Heyman. Uh, Mr. Heyman was the guy with the baked bean teeth, uh, uh, can't, can't stand ya, can't stand ya, can't stand ya, who is my preferred gym teacher, uh, but, you know, they still had Mr. Bivolock, oh well. Because they were, I guess they were, they were ninth grade here for this, but that, that can't stand ya, that was still high school. Yeah, yeah, it, it was because I went back and looked at the picture, and they are saying they're they're wearing shirts that say JFK High School mm, mm. when uh, you see the um, Mr. Heyman episode. So okay. maybe it's just later, and it's a different gym teacher. We, there was a yeah. couple different gym teachers in my high school, so you know, it, yeah. it makes sense. And and now that you're 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 talking about him, Mr. Bill Bevilacqua, we do see him later, yeah. um, and he's uh, the the actor was in freaking Battlestar Galactica, um, Bride of Reanimator. He was actually in a ton of. Shit. Shit, but uh, he unfortunately passed away in 2019. 
Ah, okay. Does happen. Does happen. We all, we all die. We're, we we will die one day, and but yep. this show will live on, hopefully. Exactly. Thank you for ones and zeros and digital space out there that hopefully everyone can continue listening to us well after our wives kill us. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, all right. Um, Jerry mentions that uh, apparently he did get a head start. He got a head start by, I know, he just, just, just too amped before the ready set before the go. He was already going. And uh, Duncan apparently suspects foul play. And Jerry never raced again because, you know, he was worried he actually wouldn't win. And to keep it hidden, he would always say, <laughs> I choose not to run. And I love how George points to him as if he knows exactly what he's going to say. Yes. And this is one of those episodes, The whole I love Jerry and George's friendship in this episode. I yeah. love how well oh, they yes. know each other. We're going to get to that. Yeah. That scene I know. It gets even better. It gets even better. But I love how it starts here yeah. with George knows. Every time Jerry says, I choose not to run, I love how George looks down and points uh, at him. Fucking love that shit. And I like the, the camera gets really kind of, tight on Jerry here. He walks up to it very tight, uh, tightly, you know, so it's close on him. And he takes a sip of what looks like whiskey. And Jerry's not a drinker. And he goes, tart cider. And we're like, oh, okay. Oh, Jerry. God, I love love Jerry when he's so kiddish like this. But uh, there was a little piece of dialogue that I loved when uh, George, at the beginning of the scene, goes, I can't believe you're going out with a woman named Lois. And I love how Jerry goes, I know, finally. (laughs) As if it's that important for him. But as it the is. man-child he is, yep. as the Superman lover that he is, uh, it's it's really fun that they kind of wrote an episode about that. Uh, yeah, I know. So. It, it almost makes you wonder why it took so long. Yeah, exactly. Season six, holy shit. All right, uh, Jerry picks up Lois, and uh, apparently Duncan was talking about him cheating, uh, all this kind of shit. More Superman references. You know, he just, every time he's around her, he can't help himself. It's, and they do a great job with, like, the delivery, the the, the music, especially later. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. they're, they're swinging for the fences on this Superman episode. Yep, absolutely. But do they hit a home run, Corey? We'll we shall out. see. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's your two favorite podcast hosts, Adam and Corey from Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. And we have something very exciting to tell you about. That's right. We have decided to take on not just Seinfeld, but also Curb Your Enthusiasm, exclusive to our Patreon feed. So that means every single month we go episode by episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And the fun thing is, I've never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm before, so I am super excited to go down this road with you, Adam. But even better, when you join at the Curb Your Enthusiasm tier, you also unlock the complete back catalog of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, totally ad-free. So you get Seinfeld, you get Curb, and you get Adam and Corey. What else could you want? I don't know, maybe to dip my bald head in oil and rub it all over your body? Uh, I'm sorry, Corey, that's another tier. We're not ready for that yet. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. All right, well, now back to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. All right, a quick scene of Elaine who casually kind of asks her boyfriend if he's a commie, uh, Ned Isakoff, with a name like Ned Isakoff. Oh, yeah, he's a commie. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I looked him up too. I was like, hey, he—he's one of those people on IMDb. He had a shit ton of credits, shit ton of credits, but he didn't have a picture. And I'm like, really? <laughs> Damn. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's weird. 
Um, but yeah, so he is, he is a commie. Uh, but I also like that he's just like, you know, he's casually, he knows who he is. He knows yeah. what he likes and he's yeah. not like, oh, I'm trying to hide myself in society. He's like, no, yeah, I, I believe what I believe. Yep. Yep. I know. So. I'm with you, man. And I like how Elaine's like, oh, this is cute. I like this. It's fun. I think this whole thing is kind of fun. Yep. All right. Uh, at the apartment, Ger- George, Jerry, and Elaine discuss their whole separate storylines, just kind of catching each other up on, uh, you know, what what's happening. Uh, in comes Kramer as a skinny Santa. And then in comes Mickey! Yay! Oh, my how I is, missed thee. My note is Mickey with an exclamation point. Yes. Uh, apparently he's playing one of Santa's elves. Obviously Kramer playing Santa. Um, why Kramer would get hired as a fucking Santa, I don't get. Um, at least put him in a fat suit. Yeah, yeah. I have no problems with other race Santas. No issues. But if my Santa's not fucking fat, fuck that. That's the yeah. wrong Santa. Yeah, so yeah, the the criteria is there's only two criteria, male and fat, and that's yeah. it. Because yeah. everything uh, else you can you can put the you can put the beard on, you can put the suit yeah. on, everything like that, but it's got to be a guy and they got to be fat. I, I would give I would I would agree with that. Yep. So. All right. Uh Lois calls Jerry um uh, and you know, apparently Duncan wants to get together. Jerry's all worried and upset because, you know, he thinks it's he's going to get called out and Duncan's going to, you know, make a fool of him in front of Lois. Uh, George comes up with this brilliant idea to pop in, you know, while they're having lunch because Duncan knows does Duncan doesn't know that they're still friends. So, um, he can kind of back up Jerry's side of the situation back in high school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, this is I, my, my first note was like, yes, George, great fucking idea, bro. Coming in with the win. Wait a minute. If things work out with Lois, then how is this going to play out? Oh, well, George is doing good right now anyways. Yeah. <laughs> True. All right. Uh, so, at the department store... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Did you what? did you like when, when George is all proud of himself? He's got a big glass of water. Oh, Elaine's yeah. got a glass of water. And he's her. like, yeah, let's do this. And he cheers, like, hits Elaine, but her water splashes her in the face. I, I was like, that was a fun little button on a really fun scene. Sure. sure. I didn't even end up noting it. I saw it, and I was like, eh. I'm not gonna talk about it. I didn't hate it, but it was just like, yeah. I actually kind of thought to myself, Corey will probably talk about that. <laughs> there you go. I mean, dude, we we've, we haven't done almost a hundred episodes, and you yeah. not knowing which one I'm gonna, you know what I'm gonna land on, bud. Yeah. You know. <laughs> You're what like, I don't need to know this are, at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To me, it's what weird things are people wearing, and you know what's a <laughs> extra little thing that doesn't really matter for the plot, but Corey <laughs> likes it. Corey will have it covered. I don't need to pay attention. So, um, at the department store, we just kind of see Kramer is not doing particularly well as his uh, Santa. And then we cut to Yankee Stadium. We see George's secretary real quick. Um, but as he's getting, she's not wearing her glasses. She's not nearly as frumpy. Did you yeah. notice that? Yeah. They so they yeah they made her less frumpy now. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but he gets a call from a woman that he, you know, checked in with from the Daily Worker. Uh, it's like, oh, but the secretary does notice this. Uh, Elaine and her commie boyfriend. Oh, real real I, quick, I, sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Norman Brenner is is okay. there. Um, he is the one that is actually in the hallway talking to the secretary uh, as she's oh. listening over. Yeah, she's Norman Brenner's. This is in this episode and in the next one. So I'll point him out in the next one too. Well, well, I, and he was in the one before. Well, you no, know, well, I've I've been doing pretty good about keeping my eyes on it for Norman Brenner, and we have not 
seen him a lot mm-hmm. lately, and that includes like last season too. So it's it's nice to actually see him again. I, I'm almost curious if he had another gig or I don't I don't know, you know. But he seemed to have not been around as much anymore. And then boom, he's going to be in this one and the next one, sort of back to back. Very cool. All right, uh, Elaine and Ned, um, you know, are over at the department store. They see Kramer and Mickey, and Elaine steps away. And here's where Ned decides to kind of, you know, cause a ruckus. He's, he's, he's talking to them about his um, his beliefs on, uh, you know, how, how politics should go and, and communism, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, at lunch, uh, you know, Jerry's with Duncan and Lois. And here comes just, I think, one of the, so far, a highlight scene from this season. Yes. George, who walks in and does a fan fucking tastic acting job of like faking that he knows Jerry and all that their interaction right here is incredible. Yep. I, I mean, this scene is like the bar so far for this season. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. This, this is like the bookman Jerry interaction for season six. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, they had this whole fake catch up. I love their interaction where they, it starts degrading into them making fun of each other <laughs> to <laughs> Jerry. Like, wow, you re- really went bald there, didn't you? Yeah, like, and, George is making fun of his stand up. Yes. It's like, oh, you're doing, you're doing that observational humor, huh? It seems like everybody's doing that these days. Yeah. Oh, you <laughs> love it. The oh, shit that so they good. can't really say to each other all that much because, <laughs> you know, they're just their pals. But here they can kind of just let loose. And it's just. It's awesome being in the know because we know that they're so close and they're so much friends, but the other characters there don't know that they're that yeah. friends. And yeah. so it's just like this whole thing is layered and it's fucking perfect. Ah, oh, fucking love it, bro. I love yeah. it, bro. So they end up discussing the whole big race and George does corroborate Jerry's story. Uh, he says like, oh, yeah, no, we started at the same time, but Jerry was like five, you know. Uh, meters ahead of me he just fucking went it and then he also drops that he lost his virginity to this <laughs> sexy team. i mean he just he just he adds to his own story he's a architect he yeah. uh, when he when he won his when he got his first million that's the toughest all this kind of shit that is just like oh my god that is so bullshit george i love it i do too dude it's just like have i ever seen anything that you've done and he's like oh that is the the new part of the guggenheim or whatever yeah. and i love the it. he's edition, like the, the he's like <laughs> He's like, you know, didn't take me that long to design. It's like, <laughs> it's like I, I love that he added that little tag. He, because the fact that he, he's already making himself an architect that adds the addition to the Guggenheim, and then he has to go and say, "That eh, wasn't that hard either." I love yeah, it. this I is know. great. This is great, George, right here. It is. It is fantastic, George. All right. So Lois suggests that they race again. Race him, Jerry. Race him. <laughs> I always like for some reason that always stood out to me the way she says it. It did, and it has like a very like I don't know like an '80s movie vibe to it. Yeah, like you know, like like, like I don't know, like a Better Off Dead or something, right? It just like race him, you know. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I like it. I love it. I really, well, I mean, really yeah, love I, it. I mean, you get that. It's very much the. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's a, but Duncan wasn't a bully, but it was kind of like that, you know, yeah, you're a high school rival, like yeah. to put him in a body bag, kind of like these kind yeah. of, you know, Karate Kid or other ones like that. Absolutely. It's a good call. I didn't think about that. But yeah, 80s, 80s, like, you know, high school rival that yeah. feels. I got that. Yeah. No, it's, it's, so. God, I, lo- I love the energy in this episode, dude. This, yeah. this, ep- this episode is fucking full of energy, dude. It is. All right. Kramer reads some literature about communism. Uh, Mickey's a little hesitant about it because uh, Mickey is, uh, you know, 
capitalism all the way. Uh, George is also now kind of getting intertwined with this whole communism stuff because of the Daily Worker personal ad and that his secretary called him out because of getting that call from that lady. And so now he's all wrapped up in this whole communism mess. Uh, Jerry gets a call from Duncan. And I love you. I know you're going to mention this. Yeah, this this awesome fucking throw yeah. that so George yep. picks up the phone but tosses it to Jerry. They yep. Jerry catches it in one smooth motion. Fucking love it. Not as good as like I think it was like season three where he bangs the Bang. one side of the phone and then <laughs> yes. grabs it. That's that's the best one. But this is a good one of the good phone gags that they do on the show. Agreed. Uh, here we get a call back to Jerry who was you know. Nervous about redoing this race, and now he has decided he chooses not to run. So he uh, he doesn't want. He's trying to back out. Uh, Elaine got Ned a nice shirt, but I do like you know Ned can't wear a nice shirt. He has this whole fight about it, but you know uh, Elaine then needs to order Chinese. But you know Ned only wants hop stings. He goes on this whole you know passionate diatribe that that's the only place he wants to eat at. Because that's where his dad, who got uh, blacklisted, uh, called out, you know, and like, like you know, the McCarthy kind of black. Yeah. Someone named names. Uh, and so that was the only place that would, like, let him eat there. Um, and so and he only she, eats at Hop Sings. Yeah. And when Elaine is talking to him on the phone, did you see the list behind him? I did. I was hoping you didn't, motherfucker. I was going to give you, like, a whole big... Oh shit moment, but now you're now you're gonna get it. So yeah, she calls Hopsings, and now you can tell me. You can tell me because I I was so, like literally I wrote this down. I turned to Cage. I was like, oh fuck. I hope Corey doesn't notice this list. But you did. But well, you fucking I, did. I did. I noticed Norman Brenner's name right there on the yeah. fucking bottom. I was like, yeah. And we're yeah. gonna see him in person in the end of this episode. And uh, I'm like, dude, they're giving him the love all over the place this time. Yeah. I checked the other names, but they really weren't anybody. Yeah. Yeah. It was just Norm Brenner. And I was just yeah. like, oh, shit. So, yeah. <laughs> Damn <love> it. it. <laughs> all right. So, um, Elaine, instead, because she is obviously blacklisted from here, she can't, they, there, she's on the do not delivery list. She ends up using Ned's name instead of her, so, so, so they will deliver. Why didn't she just At, make up like a, just anything, you know? I don't know. God damn Fucking it, Elaine. Stupid. Damn it, Elaine. God damn it. She's stupid. Sometimes, man. Sometimes she just pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, it's going to piss me off at one point just in the next quick scene here. But uh, all right, at the department store, Kramer starts to talk uh, to kids about pro communist propaganda. This one kid, very well versed in communism versus capitalism, uh, starts yelling at his Santa to be, you know, for being a commie, um, all this kind of shit. It ends up getting Kramer and Mickey fired. Oh, you know. Yeah. And then the guy, the boss, that guy who fired him, he's been in a ton of shit, too. Like, just a character actor that you've seen yeah. everywhere. Okay. All right. Uh, Jerry is with Lois, and she's apparently going to get fired if Jerry doesn't race. So now shit pressure's on. He has to do the race. Uh, when Then uh, at the uh, at Lane's apartment, or sorry, at... Uh, I think it's a, maybe they're at Ned's apartment or Elaine's. I can't remember somebody's apartment. I, I, I think it's a. I think. Oh yeah, I guess you're right. I didn't look to see if there was a tree in the background, but I assume it was Elaine's apartment. Yeah, probably because she. Um, yeah, she called. Oh, and she they does. Knew, she does say that. I know yeah, that address. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, all right. So when the Hop Sings guy uh, delivers the food, Elaine doesn't hide at all. She opens like the fucking door that she was at. Like, it, they, 
Why didn't she at least try to fucking hide? I don't get this. Because because there are no consequences for fucking Elaine. Elaine, you know what? I mean, I love Elaine. We both love Elaine. But this show has shown me she might be the worst person yeah. on the show. And she's I'd say she's probably the worst written person of the main four. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still like her. Oh, of course. Of course. No, yeah. Don't don't get me wrong. We're saying well, like as, yeah. as as like people good you we all know good people versus bad people. She's not a good person. But we love her. I mean, she's Elaine. We love her, but she's not yeah. a good person. No, she's not a good person. So uh all right. So obviously the the guy notices and then he also ends up blacklisting uh Ned Isaacoff Ned. from yeah. Hop Sings, which I find kind of interesting. This guy obviously orders a lot from Hop Sings. I feel like they would know him by now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Unless, well, <clears throat> it's weird because they're at Elaine's place. Elaine is the one getting in trouble, but yet Ned has a big past with Hop Sings. I think, I think he could easily go to Hop Sings yeah. and be like, look, I, this was her, not me, yada, yada, yada. My dad used yeah. to come here. I think, he, I think Ned would be fine, but I think she's permabanned. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. And with me today in studio is co-host Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. And now, back to the show. All right. Uh, we then see George at Steinbrenner's office, who we think George is now going to get fired or some kind of shit because his whole communism tie. But instead, Steinbrenner thinks, oh, this would be a good way to use George to get some good Cuban players that they haven't been able to. I'm like, it's actually a pretty fucking smart idea. I mean, usually 
high level businessmen are not concerned with things like, you know, uh, if you're a communist or not, it's more like, how can I turn this to my ad, my advantage, you know? And I think True. that this is probably a very well-written idea. Oh, of course, until he goes off on his tirades and his rants and everything. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I, I thought that was cool. I was like, yeah, good job, Steinbrenner. Way, way to see the, the benefit of this. True. All right. Uh, Mickey, just quick thing of him being pissed at Kramer for getting them fired, of course, because fucking Kramer. Uh, Jerry and Duncan are now at the race site and they're starting to get warm. They even have Mr. Bevilacqua, as Corey already mentioned. Yeah, and, and Norman Brenner is like in the background, but like right in the fucking middle. He's right there. Okay. <laughs> so they're about to go. Uh, but Kramer, you know, he's about to head out and he gets in this car and his car backfires and it backfires at the perfect timing to where it could be the gunshot. And so Jerry starts running and then we get the iconic Superman theme from John Williams from the original Superman, the seventies movie, uh, with, uh, Christopher Reeves. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a, what a gorgeous song. I'm not gonna lie. Oh dude. Uh, it's freaking amazing. I mean, this episode would not work. Without that at all, dude. If if this wasn't the culmination of this entire episode right here with this fucking score, it wouldn't work the way it does. And my question to you is, bro, like, how how do they get that score, and how come we can still hear it on Hulu? I right, you know. So who owns mm. Superman? Is well, that's that's Paramount, right? So Paramount. Owns, well, that's uh, yeah. DC owns. I think Warner well, Brothers. It, is Warner Brothers on Paramount? Is, is that not Universal? Universal, correct. So it's on, because yeah, everything, all the D, DC stuff is on HBO Max. And I think now HBO owns, I don't know. All I know is if they ever lose the rights to this song for, mm-hmm. you know, and they have to change it or something. And I say that because my wife just finished watching Dawson's Creek and they lost on Netflix. They lost the rights to the intro song. Which is ridiculous. Which is, that is I such an iconic song. It's, for it's the, so iconic. So my question is like, I want to know right now, where will it be? Exactly. That song still gives and, me a boner. Yeah, dude. Thanks to Katie Holmes. Yeah, dude. Oh. No, dude. And, and I watched a lot of episodes with my wife and it fucking ruins it for not having that intro there. So like, Wow. My question to you is, dude, like when this lands on Netflix, do you think they'll have to change this song in there? Or no. is it like, is it just so a part of this? Like, do you get grandfathered in? And I no, know that, that's now I don't know if you get grandfathered, but I can tell you the amount of money that is going around for Seinfeld syndication rights. Yeah. They will be paying the fucking absorbent fees to get everything correct. I agree with you, dude. I agree with you. But it is interesting that it's always, and I think we kind of talk about it more on Podcast After Dark, it's always music that fucks shit up for movies. Like the movie um, Heavy Metal, the 1980 movie Heavy Metal, it took forever to come out on on VHS because of the fucking score. Of, of Because the, the score yeah. had so many, it has like Journey, it had so many like big names in it, and it, the score was what was keeping it like basically fucked up for so long, so... Anyways, back to Seinfeld, dude. No, no, I'm, I'm gonna take another diversion real okay, quick. Yeah, yeah, do, do it. you remember uh, on our curb? If anybody wants to go out and listen to our curb episodes, you should because they're actually pretty fucking awesome episodes. Um, I mentioned at one point uh, how much money Richard Lewis versus um, Larry uh, David, Larry David uh, has basically, or their estimated net worth. So I just checked Seinfeld's estimated net worth. So Larry David is at four hundred million. Do you want to take a guess how much Seinfeld is estimated at right now? Two billion. 
Wow, wow, that's 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 quite a bit. <laughs> Damn, <I didn't, laughs> don't you hate that's... it when don't you hate it when you want someone to and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna fool you, and then I oh, yeah, I, thought you. I thought you were gonna be like, well, uh, four hundred and fifty million. <laughs> well, no. So you went you went twice as well. He's he's estimated at nine hundred and fifty million. Wow, nearly almost a almost billion. A bill. Yep. Wow. Fucking wow, bro. Can you, I mean, can you imagine having that much money? I mean, I can't. I mean, I can't. I can't imagine having like a million dollars. And in this day and age, in 2021, like being a millionaire is not that big of a deal anymore. Yeah. You know what I do with a million dollars? <laughs> I had a million dollars. Yeah. I was, uh, two girls at the same time. I'd say, I'd say if I had that kind of money, I could probably make that happen. Uh, um, are you talking about a menage a trois? <laughs> I am. And we will reference that in the next episode. I was actually referencing Office Space, but... Uh, yes, that all kind of ties in together. All right, let's, save, now let's get back. Save it for the switch, baby. Save it for the next episode. <laughs> you fucking, you horn dog. All right, anyway. Sle- sleazy A, how about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I want to mention, with this run, I think it's actually far more valid Jerry doing his jump because the the car start, the car backfire much more like a gunshot because all he mentioned was he started running before the uh, ready, set, go at, in high school. In this one, he actually heard a thing that sounded a lot like a yeah. gunshot that made him go. So I feel like, you know, he's a little bit more validated on this one. And and I'm with you because also, too, the coach guy, um, he, like, looks at his gun, which I think is funny. But I think that the, the Kramer's, you know— thing going off the backfire was like just a nanosecond earlier than he would have done it anyways so jerry was i think i give it to jerry i truly give this one to jerry and even if you say you got to do a do-over i wouldn't give him a loss for it like i he he thought it was the gun he he didn't jump early i don't think yeah absolutely Uh, i do really appreciate so he won we have some slow motion stuff he shoves Elaine out of the way yeah, so to good. get so to good. Lois. That's awesome. That's yeah. fucking awesome. Duncan obviously is pissed about the whole situation. And then we get something that we – I don't know if we've ever gotten on Seinfeld. If we do, I don't remember it. It's a fourth wall break, which Jerry obviously like hugs Lois, and then uh, she invites him to Hawaii because he won a, she won a trip because it was a bet that she was having with Duncan. And then he looks to the camera and winks. A fourth wall yeah. break. Holy yeah. shit. I know. And I'm just like – and it works, dude. It, it does. It fucking works. It works because of this episode. It works because the music that they're using is Superman's music. Like, we we get it. We get everything, and it's almost like a fantasy at this point, you know? And it just fucking works. Yep. Uh, and then over the credits, we get a little tag here of George in Cuba talking to Fidel Castro because, obviously, he got sent down there. Uh, for his job and it's done in the exact same style yeah. the look as if it's george steinbrenner but it's fidel castro and castro goes on this rant which george just awkwardly walks away yeah. uh, very similar actually i thought that was pretty damn funny me too it was it was yeah. great juxtaposition so or yeah. should i say great parallel parallel yeah yeah yep. so, so so i let us off in the last one buddy boy let us know what you think of this one I think this episode had so much good stuff with it. We have seen so many Superman references in previous episodes. This was seriously a little homage of their love of Superman altogether. I enjoyed the communist stuff, how it integrated well with Kramer, Elaine, and George. All of them kind of got intertwined into communism at some point. Um, And I think it ended up working really well. 
Nowadays, I would say the overt Chinese stereotype guy wouldn't play as well. No, I mean, he's he's somewhere in between 2021 and Breakfast Mickey at Rooney. Tif- Mickey Rooney and yeah. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Like, he's he's exactly in the middle of that. Yeah. And it's, oh, it's, it's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's at least I think he's like a legit Asian-American I mean, yeah, playing uh, the character. Unlike Mickey Rooney, exactly. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, I had one little thing that nagged me on this episode. Kramer's car backfiring. There was legitimately zero setup for it. And I felt that there should be. They should have had something where he had mentioned that he was doing the side work as a Santa to fix his car mm. or something. Or we would have we should have seen his car earlier in the episode making that noise. There was no precedent set for his car backfiring at that moment i needed that in the writing just something that's it okay getting mickey fuck yes i love that um maybe i'm overcompensating from the last week because it was just such a meh episode as i had previously mentioned but i really enjoyed this one that little nag was something i couldn't get over so i couldn't give it a five out of five i am giving it a 4.5 out of five pinko commie bastards (laughs) dude oh man i honestly everything you just said i completely completely agree with honestly except for the backfiring i because in my head kramer's car is always a piece of shit it has been since the parking garage it has Mm. been since every time we see it it's a piece of shit so i didn't need that but i understand why if they put it in there, it's a sitcom. You kind of want to make every episode sort of standalone. You need a reminder. Exactly. So I do agree with, I think that would have been something better that they should have actually peppered in. And I like that you went one step further and just say, hey, just make it a little piece of dialogue of like, I'm doing this gig so I can just get enough money to fix my car and that's it, you know? And since he got fired, since he got fired, he couldn't fix his car, so it backfires. Easy peasy, literally one piece of dialogue would have fixed everything. I agree with you there. Everything else I think is amazing. Mickey's great. Uh, I love all the homages they do to Superman here. I think I think that this episode is a it's a dessert. It's a reward for people like us who've been watching the show since the beginning, who know how much love Jerry has for Superman and to see them pay such a wonderful homage to Superman. It it would have sucked, dude. Like, what if all the Superman stuff they did in here was, like, stupid? No, like, the mm-hmm. Superman shit works here, man. This is why this is fucking funny as shit. And because... Because the 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 last like that that thing with the Kramer's car doesn't really bother me at all because in my head I always picture him having a real shitty fucking car. I am gonna have to give this five bland shirts out of five. Okay, yeah, I <laughs> the, bl- the kind of bland shirts that uh, Ned has a couple ex- exactly. And so like because like we said in the previous episode, like I was like I don't really remember this one, but then here going into this one, I was like oh god, I hope it's as good as I remember because it was always one of my favorite episodes. I kind of didn't want to lead with that at the beginning of this uh, of our mm-hmm. review, but this was always one of my fucking favorite episodes, and I'm so happy to see that it holds up, dude. And to the point where like man, I wish we. I wish we had more Duncan, man. I wish I yeah. liked I liked how deeply ingrained this he was as a nemesis to Jerry. I wish we had more of him, you know? 
Absolutely. We could have used, you know, we, we get that with, um, um, the dentist. Oh my God. Why is that blanking on my head? You know, uh, 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 and they break. I know and you just did it to you me. Were you were watching me struggle. I know. And, and, and because you said, "Why did they just pop?" I, it just popped out of my fucking mouth, my brain too. Fuck it. Brian Walter, Cranston as Walter White. <laughs> Everyone in their cars are Tim, yelling at us right is it now. Tim, Tim, Wally, Wally, Wally. <laughs> Holy shit! All right, the guys, are getting to age, us. guys, age is a horrible, horrible thing. And I know we probably caused like five accidents right there. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Sorry, Wally, guys. idiots. Wally, uh, yeah, but I mean, he's a good nemesis. Obviously, yeah. Newman is his best rival. But like throwing in Duncan Moore, I agree, would have been fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that yeah. sucks is you couldn't because the way yeah. the groundwork that they laid with George. You can't even have mm. them like sort of back into it because because now she he he can't date Lois, you, yeah because of it you know so but it's fine man dude what a oh god dude I love it when we hit these episodes where we're both like just in love with it you know yeah it's a, it's a shame that we don't get any more Lois like like we don't even hear in the next one that we'll talk about like that they're done and yeah. he's had multiple multiple other girlfriends that have lasted multiple episodes but like lois this thing ends so well with them that like it's just like eh, she's just gone yeah yeah and when you don't see ned and elaine breaking up but i think at this point you can assume that they will oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. obviously with the, the him getting black <laughs> oh man but, yeah, but i gotta mention yeah, there's are some really strong moments between like him getting blacklisted and him turning at her and saying you got me blacklisted from hop Sing. yeah that whole line, um, Jerry doing the whole race, the whole Superman uh, theme being played. Like, there are some really fucking good moments. And even, like, even though it wasn't the best, but still, like, that kid tearing apart, you know, uh, Kramer's commie Santa stuff, <laughs> it's all pretty fucking good moments. Yeah, dude. It is, man. It really fucking is. Oh, my God. All right, well... This one, this one was an awesome episode, bro, and I can't wait to fucking get into the next one with the Switch <laughs> when Adam's going to get a little sleazy. But uh, you know one place Adam never, ever really gets all that sleazy? Actually, you do. I take Yeah, do you not remember the episode I know, no, where I, I, I talked about boobs yeah, for no. an entire episode? Yeah. You are the sleazy C of the Blast From Our Past podcast. But yeah. anyways, John, John my, my, so nice. failed, my failed segue aside, tell us about yeah. that show with John. Womp womp. That yeah. was, yeah, not a good job. But uh, yeah, uh, I do a podcast. You've probably heard me talk about it before. It's called the Blast From Our Past podcast. I'll also do another one uh, called Throwback Trivia Takedown, where we do trivia from the... 60 or from the 50s all the way up to the 2000s um we're having a good time with it we really appreciate it. we're starting a tournament as well that's going on um oh yeah i just recorded something with uh with john from action action not to be confused yeah. with uh john from the blast from our past but uh yeah, the other right. john that we have in our network now so yeah those are the two shows other than cartwright that i do uh cory you also have a show besides this one and it's a fantastic one if i do remember oh I, well i hope you do remember so <laughs> Well, I remember because I listen to it almost every goddamn week. <laughs> That's right. Me and our pal Zach, we talk about cult movies uh, from the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. So usually horror, sci-fi, some action stuff here and there. But basically the dark shadow of the blast from our past. 
Network. And uh, yeah, hope you guys are enjoying everything that's going on over there. Uh, we got big shit going on over at the BFOP Network as a whole. We have a few new shows. Adam, can you tell us about People Don't Forget with Scott Grimes? I can. Uh, so Scott is also part of a group of guys doing uh, sports trivia called the Bench Warmers Podcast, but he started his own one called People Don't Forget that they go through, uh, he breaks down like different main uh, topics from a specific year. So he'll talk like, oh, what were the big movies of the year 2000? What was all this music going on in the year 2001? Or et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and he just kind of goes through like big more generalized uh, as opposed to a lot of, we talk specifics yeah. in a lot of these episodes, but he talks all a bit more general, which I kind of like that. Something totally different and especially calling out an entire year. But Scott, super nice guy, super awesome dude. Um, I love what he's bringing, and I was super excited to be able to kind of coerce him to join the network, to, to turn him to, to the dark side, if to you the will. Tarts, the, the, the beef up side, if you will. Yes, the beef up <laughs> Beef up. <laughs> and we also have the, the guys over at Action Action have, have joined up with us. Uh, three fun dudes, uh, John, James, and Dustin. And basically, I mean, they've been around for pushing three years now. They have a strong following. They're basically going through every single action movie um, and then sometimes like sort of like action adjacent and then deciding if it should go on their list or not. And then they have this giant fucking list that you can pretty much follow over at letterboxd.com and uh, basically listing all of the action movies that they're watching and putting them like ranking them like actually in order. So it's fun because it's kind of like an interactive thing that you can sort of be a part of as it grows and the, the list will change as it goes and everything. And uh, they put on a great show. They talk shit. They talk about fucking action movies, stuff like Starship Troopers and whatnot. So I love that show. It's a great show. They're a lot of fun. Um, obviously, Go check out our pals Tim and Dean at Talking Back. You know that we love the fuck out of those two dudes. That, by the way, I just finished their uh, episode on The Jerk. That was a great episode, mm -hmm. guys. Uh, right now, that's probably about two episodes behind by the time we're recording this, by the time you're hearing it. But they did a great job talking about The Jerk. And, uh, yeah, two brothers having a good time. John, Adam and John are brothers. Uh, John and James on Action Action are brothers. And, uh, yeah, I don't I don't have a brother. So, But have you guys? I have brothers in podcasting. My brother. Others from another's mothers. <laughs> Say that five times fast. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next week when we talk. Switcheroo. <laughs> the switch. It's just called the switch, not the switcheroo. Switcheroo. <laughs> Fuck. Fucker. Fuckeroo you. <laughs> Fuckeroo me. <laughs> Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head -head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it.